Welcome to the Unremarkable Brain Podcast, a fat-fueled adventure into the world of food, health, neurology, and the ketogenic lifestyle. My name is Big Dave Robinson, and I'll be your host. I'm not a doctor, researcher, or a health guru. I'm just a fellow traveler on this journey of learning. A few years ago, I stumbled upon a low-carb way of eating, and at the time, I thought it was nothing more than a weight loss gimmick. But I opened my ears, started to listen, and I discovered that cutting out carbs and embracing healthy fats is a well-researched way not only to lose weight, but also to manage my epilepsy, a journey that I've chronicled in my recent book, My Unremarkable Brain, available now wherever books are sold. Now several years in, I'm still listening, still learning, and still thriving with a low-carb lifestyle. This podcast is a chance to share that learning and hopefully inspire you to thrive in your own life, whatever your situation may be. Please note that although we talk a lot about health, nothing on this podcast constitutes medical advice. Always talk to your doctor, nurse, coach, shaman, or other healthcare professional before undertaking any diet, exercise, or lifestyle changes. Now, on with the show. Hi guys, Big Dave here. A little over a year ago, to celebrate the launch of my book, I did a series of interviews on YouTube, which I called Big Dave's Healthy Happy Hour. It was a lot of fun, and we had some great conversations. Uh, one of the most popular of these was my chat with Vinny Tortorich. Vinny is a celebrity fitness trainer, podcaster, author, filmmaker, and entrepreneur. And basically, the guy does it all. And amazingly, he does it all well. Uh, I highly recommend that you check out his book, Fitness Confidential, uh, his podcast of the same name, his three movies, Fat, a Documentary, Fat, a Documentary 2, and Beyond Impossible. And if that leaves you hungering for high-quality vitamins and snacks, then check out his three companies, purevitaminclub.com, purecoffeeclub.com, and nsngfoods.com. I, uh, I subscribe to all three of these and um, wouldn't recommend it to you if I didn't really believe in what he's doing over there. Vinny, uh, Vinny was the one who first introduced me to a low-carb way of eating, and I really have him to thank for my book, my blog, really for all of this. Uh, basically, I'm a huge Vinny fan, and after hearing this interview, I think you will be too. In it, we talk about his many years in the fitness game, the origins of his NSNG, no sugars, no grains, that is, lifestyle, and what it takes to be the founder of your own company, or two or three, and lots more. So I hope you enjoy it. Now, let's get to it. Hey, Vinny, how you doing tonight? Dave, you got me thinking of this song. I hope I don't screw up your thing by doing this, but you got oh. me thinking of this. All right. Right give here. Us, give us a yeah. Track. Can you hear that? Is that coming through? Little Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be listening to that all night tonight now. I yeah. love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, everything reminds me of a song, and you're showing that book about the philippines and all that and say, oh judy robinson all right i'm gonna have to check that book out here's to you oh wait a minute <laughs> the song is in my head watch yeah. out that would make me benjamin <laughs> plastic benjamin that's plastic the future benjamin <laughs> god if they knew how correct they were when when they, they put those words in that script you know the future is going to be plastic now we have a big island of plastic out in the middle of the ocean Yes. You know, it's crazy what goes on, you know, and, yeah, you know, we have that problem. No one's talking about it, but we're more worried about cow farts. You know, we, we put a 16-year-old with a learning disability in a boat for six yeah. months and then have her go up and tell grown-ups, how dare you? 
you know, the world is going in a wacky direction. I'm not really sure it's good, you know? I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I mean, as a matter of fact, that very quote, I was just listening to your show from, I think it was from over the weekend where you and Gina were talking about um, plastics in our food, not just around our food, right? But that food, food-like substances now are being made from plastics, right? These, these uh, fats, you know, that are supposed to replicate real fat, um, you know, bioplastic engineers are making this, these things that uh, we're now calling food, right? Yeah. It, you know, it's really sad, you know, a good friend of mine, he's been on my show a few times. Um, he might even be great for one of these conversations, Dr. Anthony J, who's up at, uh, I want to say he's at Mayo Clinic. You guys would ju- just be two big smart guys just hashing it out. So you should you should one and a half him on. <laughs> oh no, you 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 can handle Anthony J. You, you're you're that kind of intelligent, and uh, he's the kind of guy. He wrote a book called Estrogeneration, which is I think everyone should read yeah. that book. Um, and he talks about you know how plastics and everything. You know, even you know we all love that new car smell, mm-hmm. but that's an off gassing of these chemicals, and it's just in our systems. You know. We sit around and worry about secondhand smoke. Okay, that's one thing, but how much secondhand smoke are you getting versus new car smell? If you buy a new car for at least a year, that thing is off-gassing. Right. You, know, you should run around with your windows rolled down as much as possible. But we never talk about that kind of stuff. And when you buy a bottle of water in the store, now we're both old enough, mm-hmm. Dave, to know that if if someone would have said to us, in 1985, hey, listen, people are going to put water in a bottle and you're going to buy it. And you would be, we're not, I could just go to the faucet. And what are you talking about? It's like, no. Right. People are going to be putting plain water in, in the bottle and you're going to drink it. We yeah. would have all thought that was the craziest thing. But it, it's now a thing. And we got, you know, young men walking around with, uh, you know, gynomasty, you know, you know girl like boobs. And what have you, and you know, it's all the estrogen we're getting from. And you go, oh, come on, Vinny, it's only in a bottle for a short period. No, it's not. Between the time that water goes in the bottle, mm-hmm. it sits on a truck, getting heated, and it, you know, it's leaching all of this crap from the plastic. And then it sits in the store in the storeroom forever. By the time you get that water, it's been leaching plastic forever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But no one ever thinks of that stuff. You know, we, we don't look at that stuff the right way i yeah. don't mean to go off into a diatribe dave but no um, this is yeah, this is great i mean you got me going now because you know if if i don't know you know the comedian lewis black um he does a whole thing about you know when we were kids we'd be running around the yard get all hot and sweaty where would you get water you get it from the fa- from the hose right and it always had yeah. that kind of metallic taste of it you know remember that um yeah. But I still but get when it from would you the drink? Hose. You drink. You drink when you were thirsty. You know, it wasn't eight, yeah. eight ounce glasses a day. You know, when did they start telling us how much to drink? Well, when they started selling us water in a bottle, right? And they could make money off of it. it it's crazy. You know, um, Lewis Black is spot on. Uh, you know, I've been a Lewis Black fan for a long time. Sometimes I think I'm becoming Lewis Black. You know, I'm the Italian version of Lewis Black, <laughs> just old man yelling into a mic every day. Um, I love it. <laughs> but you know, it, it's um you're right, you know, if, if you know everything we do nowadays, it was just called drinking water. Now it's you got to hydrate. 
Right. Hydra- right. I didn't even know that word when I was a kid. Right. Now kids are hydrating. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, what, it, it makes you wonder what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Right. It is. It's a, it's a upside down world. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, but anyway, we jumped right into that. But uh, I did want to, I always like to start with uh, origin stories. I'm always interested in origin stories. Um, so let's get jump backwards uh, just a notch to those old days. Um, I actually, I had uh, Dr. Ben Bocchicchio on last week. And, uh, I love I know that you, guy. I know you know him, yeah. Um, and his story, his, his engagement, his life in fitness begins with a really cool story he told that when he was a kid, he found this set of handmade dumbbells in his dad's basement. And his dad showed him how to use them, you know. Uh, and that kind of reminded me of the story... Um, thinking about handmade, you know, weights and dumbbells made me think of the story that you tell in your book um, about the, the, the weights that you made yourself. Right. Um, Wonder if you wouldn't mind telling us that story. Yeah. um, You know, I, I was having a a bit of a rough time when I was a kid. Um, It's not, it's not a sob story. Everyone today has a come from behind story. Mine is not really a come from behind story. Um, Yeah. I had a hearing you know, and, you know, I couldn't hear. And then that caused a speech impediment, you know, after they did a couple of surgeries on my ears and got most of my hearing back. So I was being goofed on a lot at school. And, you know, what I would do is I would literally, while I was being goofed on, um, I learned to fight back, mm-hmm. which made me the bad kid, mm-hmm. right? I was fighting for myself and somehow the teacher would show up when I was beating up the other kid. Right. Therefore, if you're always the kid in the fight, you must be the problem. Right. 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 But, um, you know, just like every other nerd, I wanted to be like a superhero. Like you mm-hmm. would see Superman and you go, man, look at those muscles. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a suit. And, you know, you see Superman and Batman and all these, Spider-Man, they were all sinewy and muscly and the whole thing. But as an eight-year-old, you realize that they're not real, right? They're just left of a cartoon character. Right. right? And um, so I knew they weren't real. And at some point, I saw Jack LaLanne on television, and my brain clicked over to go, oh, wait, this is not a superhero. This is a real guy. Yeah. This is, you know, he's the real deal. So... He was always, you know, he had weights on the bar. He, he would do his side bends and all this kind of stuff and sit in the chair and stand up and do all these different exercises. And I was doing the same thing. But the one part was every now and then in the show, he would have a barbell and he was going, you lift it over your head like this, you know, and you get it over your head like this. And he yeah. was showing these exercises. And I was like, well, if I'm going to truly be like my hero, Jack, mm-hmm. I need to get a barbell to lift over my head. Now, I was living in the swamps of Louisiana, mm-hmm. and it had to be somewhere around 1970. So okay. there wasn't much in a way of, you know, big box gyms because that didn't come around until the late 90s, 2000. Right. So I got, there was this, I don't know where the pole, it was a pole, and it was about five, four or five feet long. I can't really remember. But it was hollowed out. It was like an aluminum, like the equivalent of what, a, you know, 
the pole you would use to clean your pool. It was a right, section okay. like that, you know, kind of corrugated. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember that piece of aluminum pole hmm. um, or whatever it was. And I went, okay, I, I have a bar just like Jack. Now I need to fit something on the bar. Yeah. And there were a lot of houses being built in my neighborhood, and they were being built, you know, brick houses. And some bricks have holes in the middle. Right, right, right? okay. Three yeah. holes, not holes that you see, but holes in the middle. I guess they would stick, you know, mortar down in, in those holes to strengthen it, or whatever they did. But those bricks would have three holes. Yeah. Maybe it was a way to save on product. I'm not really Probably. sure. Yeah. But I found some bricks right down the street and brought them home. <clears throat> and, you know, they fit right on the end of my bar. Okay. And I would try to get the bar up. And I would have trouble getting it up. And sometimes getting it up, I would turn it, and the bricks would come down and hit the outside of my hand. Oh, okay. And when you're, when you're an eight-year-old, man, that, that leaves, a, you know, it, it would pinch and bleed. But I didn't give up. Tear you up. I would yeah. get down there again and do it again. So on both hands, of course, when you're a kid, if you do it that way too much, the next time you do it that way too much, the right, right. <laughs> both hands were taking a beating. Later on, I learned to put the bricks in the middle, and that way I can lift it up, right? It yeah. didn't look exactly like Jack, but I went, okay, at least I'm lifting the bricks up. Right, I right. think that was the, you know, my head came around that. But meanwhile, I had these cuts. Yeah. And my great uncle, my dad's uncle, one of my grandfather's brothers, happened to see me. And, uh, and I guess I had blood coming down my hands. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I, I was so miserable with these kids at school. I had to, I had to figure this out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, my uncle Frank said, what happened to you? And I said, I was uh, doing my exercises like Jack LaLanne. And I, I showed him, I said, here's my bar. And I lift it up and sometimes it goes wonky and uh, it hits my hand. And he said, um, so you want to learn how to weight lift, huh? And I said, Yeah. Yeah, you have Jack LaLanne, Jack, Jack, Mr. Jack, Mr. Jack. And uh, he says, I'm going to introduce you to somebody who's better than Jack. And all I could think to myself was, well, this is a bullshit artist. <laughs> there is no better than Jack, right? So that's how the whole thing started. You know, it was um, it was me trying to figure out something. He introduced me to a guy named Joe Bonadonna. Mm -hmm. um, there's a picture of Joe. I don't have it hung up yet, but I was pulling out pictures because I just moved into this area and um, I, I was finding pictures of me and Joe back in the day and people could right. find them online and what have you. And uh, But yeah, yeah, um, that's how it started. It was very, very honest way to figure something out. Now, if you would have told me I would have stuck with this, I'm 58 now. That's 50 years of doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you can look behind me. There's weightlifting equipment sitting behind me. Yeah, yeah. If, if you look in that mirror to the other end of the room, there's, there's gym equipment all around me. It surrounds me in my life. Yeah. I use it every day. Right? Right, um, right. So, I don't know. That, that's the origin of the story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting, yeah, that that seed grew into this passion grew into this career for you you know grew into this business and everything that's come out of it um it's you know i'm sure you never imagined 
even when you started high school football, that that was going to take you to college and that was going to take you to L.A. and that was going to get take you to where you are now. Right. Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> if someone would have said that I, I was going to get a D1 scholarship, that, that was unheard of. I mean, my parents were academic types and uh, I was going to go to LSU like everyone else, mm-hmm. but, you know, 30 minutes away. You could be home to get some home cooking on, on, a, on an occasion. And yeah. uh, th- that was going to be my life, period. Yeah. Um, I, I never considered. Look, if you would have told me my life was going to turn out the way it did, you know, it, it was um, it was a long, strange ride, but it was a fun ride. Yeah. You know, um, and now I find myself, I feel like somewhere near the middle or somewhere on the periphery of, of trying to change the way people think about food. Yeah, yeah. You know, that wasn't part of the plan. None of it was. Right. You know? Um, But, yeah, you know, the scholarship to college kind of started everything. And it was the weightlifting that got me the scholarship. Yeah, yeah. No two ways about it. Yeah. That's terrific. That's, I mean, it is. It blows your mind a little bit when you think about it. In any life, right? But, but. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's the pup. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, Bonzo. Uh, we we had to put Stella. We put Stella down. Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear about Stella. Yeah, um, she's been sick. Hey, Dave, can you do me a favor? Can you can you talk for a few minutes? And yeah. There's no water in that bowl. I need to put water. Oh, in go that for bowl. it. Go for it. Sure. Yeah, just talk, and I'll be right back. Yeah. Well, if any takes care of that, um, please do give us some uh, give us some hellos. Give us some uh, comments and questions. Uh, I see Robin Dobbins is here. Uh, she's driving, but she says hi, everyone. Um, Jody is watching from her ki- from her kitchen. Um, Powie says hello and says hooray, hooray Judy. Uh, Bill says uh, Jane and Bill are sending good wishes, and uh, Leona says hello to uh, to to us gentlemen, which I think she's using that term loosely. Um, while Vinny does that as well, let me just. Um, let me just let you guys know that where's my banners here? Um, Cause we're going to talk about his various roles, his various jobs. And uh, I got to give him a plug for some of his, some of his products here, purevitaminclub.com, purecoffeeclub.com and SNGfoods.com. So, um, so yeah, but we're jumping to the end part of the story, but I'd love to hear how you kind of, um, I'm always fascinated by entrepreneurs and, um, you know, what it takes to, to go your own way and do your own business. I mean, I've always been a paycheck kind of guy, you know, I've, I work in academia right now. I was a teacher before that. I worked at a public relations firm, but, uh, ever since I graduated college it, um, I don't know what it is, you know, the security of having, um, having that organization behind me, I guess is what it is. It's just part of the mindset that I grew up with. You know, I never even, um, I don't think going to college, anyone even really talked about being your own business, being your own entrepreneur. Um, so I'm kind of curious, uh, because you've talked about this a little bit in the show. Um, do you think it's a particular mindset? Do you think it's a per- particular personality um, that it takes to, to just say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this thing that no one's made before. Yeah. You know, I, I think it is. Um, and it's not bad if you don't have the mindset. Um, it's just that, Look, I mean, you 
you, you delay a lot of gratification in life to to, to live like that, mm-hmm. right? What's wrong, Bob? Daddy's broadcasting right now. Hang on, I'm giving <laughs> you back. Um, you you spend a lot of time um, kind of delaying things, you know, because yeah. look, I mean, when I was in college, I, I started selling cars at a Toyota yeah. dealership. And the first day I walked in there, I, I didn't know what a Toyota, I knew Toyota existed. I had no idea what, you know, at, back then they had the Celica, the Corona, mm-hmm. the Corolla, and, the, you know, I don't know, there was one more, the Tercel, right? And I didn't, I didn't know one from the other. They all looked like little tiny cars. To me. Yeah, yeah. And they all had four-cylinder engines back then. And um, I, I just figured out on day one, I just sat in in the back and read all the brochures. Mm-hmm. And once I read something that's in my head, it's there. So I, I saw the commonalities and all the different cars they had and what have you. And uh, uh, long story short, by the end of the first month, I was salesman of the month. I had sold more cars than anyone else there. Wow. Um which is saying a lot because there there were you know guys that were you know twenty year veterans of that dealership with repeat business showing up and here comes the new guy yeah and um, of course everyone said well he just got lucky yeah wow I, well I got pre- I got pretty damn lucky uh, because the second month I became salesman of the month two months in a row uh, and then the third month and then I had to go back to to school it was wow. the fall um, so. I would go to the dealership on a weekend and say, look, you know, I have to be in school all week, but I can spend Saturday here. Mm-hmm. And they said, that just won't do. And uh, while I was talking to the manager who loved me, who was trying to get me to quit school, by the way. Wow. Um, while I was talking to him, a salesman came up and said, look, I, I have these people that are getting ready to walk. There's no way I can sell them. They are just not buying today. Yeah. And I said to um, the manager, I said, tell you what, hand me that customer. If I sell them, let me come back next Saturday. And, uh, of course, I went in and sold them. Nice. Sold them right away. And I'll tell you, I I remember today, I I can tell you today how I sold that customer. I went in and uh, went through everything the other salesmen went through, and they they were just not, we could not close the deal. And we were at, you know, brass tacks. There there was nowhere else to go. And I, I reached into my pocket and I pulled out $30, and um, I said to the guy, I said, you have $3 on you? And he goes, yeah, why? I said, pull you $3 out. <laughs> and um, he did, and I said, I'm going to give you this $30. You hand me the $3. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, I'm going to give you $30, but I want your $3 back. Yeah. And he said, fine. So he did it. And he said, now, what was the meaning of that? I said, Oil changes at this dealership is twenty-seven dollars. Uh-huh. This is back in the days before the hey, free oil changes and free right. service for life, and they right. didn't do that in nineteen eighty-three, eighty-four. Yeah, and um, I said, I am buying your first oil change if you buy this car. Huh. By the way, if you don't, you can turn around and walk out right now. Keep my twenty-seven dollars. Huh. And then he picked up the pen and said, as if 
I was commanding him to do it. He picked up the pen and signed the paper. And uh, when I told the other salesman, and this is the important part, Dave, for yeah. all entrepreneurs to ever remember, the other salesman said, what the hell did you do in there that mm-hmm. got him to buy that car? I said, I gave him $27 for an oil change. He goes, oh, what, you're buying customers now? You're buying, oh, you got you to pay them to buy cars? And yeah. he starts laughing at me. I said, I just made a $300 commission. Now, if I told you all day long that you can hand someone $27 and they're going to hand you $300 back, would you do it? Right. He goes, yeah, of course I would. I said, well, that's what I did. See, it's the mindset to think differently. Yeah. To walk in and go, there's nothing left on this table. Now I have to think differently. Yeah. I have to think of something else. Yeah. Because there's always a way. Right. 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 Did I cheat that guy? Absolutely not. He got a free oil change and a brand new car. Not bad. And at a damn good price because he had worked the dealership down to, you know, nuts and bolts. Uh-huh. He worked them down to nothing. Right? That's the entrepreneurial spirit. It's not about how to win or lose. It's how you negotiate. How you yeah. negotiate anything in life. Yeah. I learned that not in college. I learned that in a car dealership. Hmm. And I was able to take that to every other facet. I didn't realize I was good at that. Right. But I was. Right? And that's something you just take with you from endeavor to endeavor. You just believe in yourself and just say, I'm not going to leave here until this gets done. Yeah. Right? And that might sound, you know, I know we talk about toxic masculinity and all this different stuff that's around that. I, you know, sometimes you got to put your balls on and, and show up, <laughs> right? I, I've, been, I've never had a regular job in life. I've been putting my balls on every morning and showing up. And most times you fail. Most yeah. times. Yeah. Right? But every now and then you win. Right. Right. That's, that's what we're looking for in life. Wow. So that that's a great connection, actually, too. Um, and I put the websites of your, your companies here on the bottom, these three companies that you founded. I mean, um, you I remember you saying at one point you call Pure Vitamin Club the, the Toyota of vitamins. So, um, you know, um, talk about something that couldn't be done, right? Um, tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, you know... Um... I call it the Toyota Vitamins, you know, because, you know, back in the day um, when I lived in New Orleans, uh, most of my clients, my fitness clients, were all rich oil people up and down St. Charles Avenue. And I grew up very, not very poor, you know, lower middle class, you know, it was four boys. So there was never any extra money hanging around. And um, so now all of a sudden I'm looking at how rich people live. Yeah. Right, what yeah. they're driving, what they wear, the type of shoes, everything was different. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, everything they did was different from the their mindset was different than the mindset I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Right, they never had to look at a price on something. They would just, if they wanted something, they got it. You know, it was just kind of this. It, it wasn't good, bad, or otherwise. You know, it was just this weird thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember one one rich person, a uh, friend of mine, became pretty good friends with her. We were all down in the Bahamas uh, scuba diving, 
Mm-hmm. And um, we, everybody was out one night and, you know, everybody was having a, a drink at this bar and um, having maybe one too many. And this bar had this T-shirt. And we, oh, let's all get a T-shirt, right? And Donna, we'll call her Donna because that was her name, she would not buy the T-shirt, right? Donna could buy the whole island, Mm. but she wouldn't buy the T-shirt. And I said, come on, Donna, let me buy you the T-shirt. And she was like, no, I'm not going to buy the T-shirt. And I said, why? And she said, because, no, she didn't, I didn't ask her why. But the next day, unbeknownst to the rest of us, Donna had chartered a yacht. For the day, so we can all go out on the yacht and have a great time. Not bad. So a woman who wouldn't buy a $7 T-shirt just chartered a yacht for several thousands of dollars for the group. Right. Right? And I said, we were on the boat having a great time. I said, Donna, how is it you wouldn't buy a $7 T-shirt, but you'll pay for everyone to have a full day on a yacht, full crew, food, everything? Right. And she said, $7? Half polyester, you got to be crazy. So you see, everybody has a thing in their head as to what they'll do and not do. Yeah. Right? For her, it was nuts to pay $7 for something that was 50% polyester. Mm. Right? She looked at that tag. That mattered to her. Mm -hmm. But to spend thousands on a yacht, no problem. We're good. Right. Right. So wealthy people, I'm looking at these people, and I noticed most of them drove Mercedes. Okay. A couple of them had Rolls Royces, but none of them had current year models. Mm. Matter of fact, they didn't have three-year-old cars or five-year-old cars. Some of them were 10-year-old cars. Yeah. And this is back in the day when Mercedes, you could get them in diesel. So all of these rich people had diesel Mercedes, and it had all this schmutz, all this black schmutz all over the back chrome bumper from the bellowing diesel back in the day. Right, right, right. They last forever, but you can tell they've been around forever. Yeah, so I'm like, wow, my dad, get my poor dad gets a brand new car every four years. He gets like a Chevy or a Ford or whatever. Yeah. These people, they keep a car 10 or 12 years, mm-hmm. right? And they get diesel. It's smelly, blanky sounding. It, you, you can't even keep the car clean because, you know, there's smoke all over it. Yeah. But it lasts forever. Right. right. It's expensive, but you can keep it forever. Toyota is inexpensive and you can also keep it together. Right. Forever. Right. And that was my idea. How do you make a vitamin company to be as good as the Mercedes with a diesel engine? Right. Except you make it at a Toyota price. Right. And that was the challenge. And when I was able to pull that off, now here's the deal. Part of that is anyone else that would sell a comparable vitamin would sell it for probably three or four times as much as I sell it for. Right. But the idea was get the best quality stuff on the planet into people's mouths and in their guts and in their bodies at minimal cost, which means I would have to cut my cost. Right? Right. I'm not going broke. Yeah. You have to make the company viable so that you can keep going. Sure. But we're not making you know, sticker on the, on every bottle, you know, we're getting deep discounts. And, and that's the way I ran that company. Same with pure, pure coffee club. Yeah. You know, how do you make a, how do you make a coffee? You know, how do you roast? You, know, you got to go find the best beans from around the world, third wave coffee. 
Mm-hmm. You, you're fighting against intelligentsia and blue bottle, and uh, you go on and on. Black Black Rifle, all these great companies. Yeah. You know, you go on and on and on. How do you get the same product and charge a little less? Make make the same product and charge. Well, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. Right? I love and, it. And I'm a coffee on. lover myself. I have a a little be more roaster in the back that I sometimes you know play around and try different roasts and stuff like that. So um, I love that you're, um, well, both of these, all three of these companies really um, also speak to passion, the the power of passion, because as a fitness guy, as a guy who's interested in, in eat healthy eating, you know, uh, to go into vitamin club, as a guy who loves coffee to go into uh, pure coffee club, um, you know, I think that, that says a lot. I think that probably has to be there as well, right? I mean, to, to be able to stick with it, uh, something as difficult as starting your own company, um, you have to be passionate about what you're doing, right? Yeah, you know, um, and, and by the way, uh, I have great help from my good friend, Andy Schreiber. Oh, um, I love Andy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I got to without... tell you my story about Andy at some point. Oh, I, I, yeah. Absolutely. That guy, without without Andy, none of this stuff would go. He he is the one that's dripping the grease on the machine every day to keep it moving, keep it well-oiled. Yeah. Um, Andy, look, I just had an idea. Without Andy Schreiber, none of it would happen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just that simple. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I called up one time because... Um, and I, again, disclosure, folks, I am a Pure Vitamin Club subscriber. I love the fact that it arrives every every 90 days in the mail. You know, I don't have to worry about forgetting and going out and getting more. Um, and they're really, uh, they are really high quality things. You know, the magnesium I take puts me to right to sleep at night. It's great stuff. So just a plug for Vinny's, Vinny's stuff there. Oh, uh, but you. yeah, one time I called up uh, because my doctor said I wanted to, to get a calcium supplement medication that i'm on you know a calcium can be an issue so i called up and just to see if if you guys offer a a, a calcium uh andy answered the phone so the president of the company picks up and i'm like wait andy and i recognize his voice from the podcast of course <laughs> you know i'm like man i love you this is so cool to talk to you you know and he said, well, we don't, we don't, but there's a company that does do a pretty good one. And he actually gave me the name of a product from another company. I mean, what kind of, you know, customer service is that? But, uh, you know, it does speak to, uh, to the quality that you guys are doing over there. No, we do that all the time when people, you know, ask me because I don't like to confuse stuff online, but people will ask me all the time, Hey, you don't make X, where would you go to get it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I usually have a handful of companies I'll send people to. That's awesome. You know, um, no problem. You know, it's you know you don't have to use my product, and, and that's the other thing. You'll never hear me say you have to use my vitamins, my coffee, or my my ultra fat to look a certain way, to be healthy, to get healthy. Now, for someone like you, Dave, I would mm-hmm. say you should eat something like ultra fat all the time because of your unremarkable brain. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you you live in ketosis just like I do, right? And uh, right. So yeah, it's it's a great treat for people like you and me that, you know, I'm out riding a bike, I'm out kayaking, I'm, I'm maybe sitting on my rowing machine, on my a stationary bike or whatever, and it's like shit. I didn't have breakfast. It's now one o'clock. I'll just yeah. start squirting them in my mouth. I right on that counter right behind me. 
right below, right below that pure coffee club stuff. Yeah. Um, right in that drawer, I have a bunch of them in there. You know, just yeah. always ready to rock and roll. Yeah. No, they're delicious, yeah. and you know, the coconut oil in there is is great for making ketones. Of course, um, we could do a whole whole thing about that. Um, but I, I, a lot of my listeners are kind of new to this whole thing and um, may not even be low carb. Uh, familiar and so let's talk about the nsng part of nsng foods um and that was really what made me you know pay attention is is number one i did the first podcast that i heard with you and you mentioned pure vitamin club but you said immediately unlike most people in the health and fitness space who will tell you if you want to be healthy if you want to lose weight you know take my green powder or take my supplement or take my shake or whatever you're like no you don't need this but you know if you're gonna take a vitamin why not take this one and um but but nsng you know i love that it's it's a four-letter diet basically it's it's um a way of eating that it cuts through all the nonsense all the noise and just cuts it down to no sugars no grains all you need to do right uh how did you come up with that I was, um, when I was writing the book, Fitness Confidential, um, I was loath to put the word ketogenic in, in the book um, because I, I, you know, being a longtime student of keto diets and being around it for a long time, I knew people like, um, um, oh God, what's the famous doctor from England? Um, Lud, Ludkin, um, uh, Ludwig? No, not Ludwig. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Um, the guy who was around at the same time as um, Ansel Keys. Oh, uh, Yudkin. Yudkin, thank you. Yeah. I was trying to say Lutkin. <laughs> you know, I remember the kind of hell you know Yudkin took, and also um, Robert Atkins and all these people. And it's like, man, I I don't need that fight. I, I just don't need that fight. Yeah. And um, I kept trying to figure out a way to put it to people where. And my friend said, well, my friend was writing the book with me, Dean Laurie, and he said, well, the first time you walked into my house to train me, you you said, no sugars, no grains. I said, as a matter of fact, all of my clients call me the no sugars, no grains guy. Yeah. And um, I said, let's just call it that, no sugars, no grains. So the, the term NSNG does not appear in the book. No sugars, no grains appears a gazillion times. Right. But when I started doing it online, I started saying NSNG, NSNG, and NSNG took off. Mm-hmm. And before anyone can go and co-opt the name, I went and had it registered. Um, and by the way, wasn't that easy. The government was like, wait a minute, you want to just take four random letters and, and get it trademarked? And I went, wait a minute, government, government, look, look at this, go online, check it out. And they were like, what the hell? You're actually <laughs> using it in commerce. Okay, we'll give it to you. Okay. And that's how I got it. Yeah. I don't think anyone else could have gotten it because they would have to prove, you know, use. Yeah, that they were using it before using you were, it. right? Yeah. 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 And um, so, yeah, that, <laughs> I was scared to use the word keto or ketogenic. The word keto did not exist. No one said keto. It was always ketogenic. That was it. Right, right. Ketogenic. Right. Yeah, it's become a huge fad, but it, but it, that's pretty recent. I, I in my book, I call it the hundred-year-old fad diet because it's been around a hundred years, but all of a sudden now, yeah. you know, everybody wants to be in on this thing, right? Yeah, 
By the way, I loved reading your book. Everyone should. Oh, if, folks, if you're listening to this tonight, and I'm not saying this, I'm not being put up to this or anything else. Go read this book. I thought it was going to be another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I get it. And I'm going to also be honest and say I read the parts with my name in it first. And that led me to go, wait a minute. I just kept reading after that and after that. And then I just went to the beginning and started over and, and read the whole thing. Oh, it, it was really that good. Thanks. Yeah. That's all right. That's the plug. My Unremarkable Brain is the name of the book, Adventures in uh, Epilepsy and the Ketogenic Diet. So thank you for that, Ben. I appreciate that, man. Um, no let's talk problem. about your, your latest uh, creative efforts. Um, you've become a filmmaker. <laughs> Another thing you just, you know, sort of decided to do along the way. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, you know, I do these consults, you know, on a daily basis. And uh, people say to me, hey, man, um, I, I got the consult. I got about three or four fitness questions for you, but I want to figure out how you started. And then it's either the vitamins or the, right. the coffee. Or, and now they want to know how I became a filmmaker. And whenever someone says I'm a filmmaker, it's like, I am not a filmmaker. <laughs> Mr. Scorsese, now that's a filmmaker. Well. <laughs> I'm what you, I'm what you would call an idiot. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, the way the first movie came about was everybody was on me to do a movie. And I'm not exaggerating that. Everyone, you know, hey, you need to do the movie. And I would talk to people like Adam Carolla and Mike August and people like that and say, and by the way, it was never long conversations. I would say to Mike August, hey, you know, everybody wants me to do a documentary. 500000 It's going to cost you 500000 hmm. You need 500 I would ask Adam Carolla, it's like, hey, you know, Mike August told me 500000 Ah, you could probably get away with 300000 But, you know, it's 300000 And I'm sitting there going, I am not about to pour that kind of money. Right. You know, that's life savings kind of money. Yeah. Into yeah. a movie. Sell the and, house. Um, yeah. So I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm just not going to do it. And, and then um, a couple of people came to me with ideas. One guy came to me with a really good idea. You know, he was like, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff and, you know, and great. And we're going to do it but you're going to be the main guy and, and I was going to own part of the movie. And I said, listen, it, people, this is going to be my movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. I need to be able to sign off on everything, everything, okay. because it's my face. This is my movie. It, I have to be able to sign off on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was showing me, you know, he came over with this flip chart. We sat in the Starbucks one day for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Serena was there, and um, he was showing me a bunch of these ideas, and there was one idea, and I won't, because I think he ended up doing it in his movie. I'm not really sure if his movie came out. Okay. But um, there was this one idea, and I said, we're not doing that. Yeah. And he said, why not? I said, because something like the, this has been done before. It's very tropey. It it. It's going to weaken the movie. It's not very strong. And if we do it, they're going to say, oh, that's exactly what the BBC did a few years ago and this documentary, because I watch everything. Yeah. And uh, I said, I'm, it's too tropey. I'm not going to do it. Okay, yeah, that's out. We're gone. Out. Are you in? Yes, I'm in. 
he goes to this company and he calls me back a couple of weeks later. If you're in this company is in, okay. you know, they are going to drop X amount of money and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, this is great. Really? We're going to get this done. Right. And he was like, Oh yeah, man, we're going to get it done. And then he said, but we got to do that thing that you don't want to do. Uh oh. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? And he said, uh, well, they want to do it. And I said, how would they even know about it? He goes, well, I was kind of losing it in the pitch, and I brought it up, and they, they loved that idea. Uh, and they said, oh, Vinny goes along with that. I said, so you sold out. So when, so when <laughs> you're, you're being a whore. Someone handed you money, right. and you said, okay, I'll, I'll get on my knees and start sucking. That's basically what happened. Hmm. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm out. I can't do this. Wow. I was so disgruntled that when Peter Pardini showed up and said, you should do a movie. And I said, no way in hell. And he said, yes, way in hell. And I said, I don't have 300000 He said, you can get it. As a matter of fact, you only need 150 Right? Okay. We ended up getting a quarter of a million dollars. We got 250000 yep. from crowdfunding. And then I ended up putting a lot of my own money into it anyway to finish it because yeah. I wanted it to be just right. And it's history. Fatter documentary is is a real like a real deal. People yeah. talk well, about it, 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 you know, and it hit it huge, right? Amazon, yeah. uh, iTunes, top of the charts, top of the documentary charts at least, right? Yeah, and Fat Two is doing really well also, and it is. Fat 2 has not even had a worldwide release yet. It's not out the way Fat 1 was out. So wow. that thing is still burning gas. And um, people, as a matter of fact, some people love it more than the original Fat documentary. Um, I like it more because there's more meat on the bone. Right? Yeah. There's a lot more there. Hey, did yeah. you see Fat 2? I did. Yeah, I did. And I, and I appreciate it because you do. You get into, you get into a little more detail. I mean, it's not just uh, rehashing the same, the same stuff. You know, it's uh, diving deeper onto the into the um, all the marketing and all the myths and all the stuff around around food and you know what we eat and why we have these uh, these crazy ideas about food that that you know where they come from and um, yeah, it's very cool. I can't wait to see what because you're working on a third one now, right? I am. Uh, I wanted to come out before the end of this year. Nice. You know, I'm not waiting for January 1 release. I want it to come out around holiday time. And I think it's going to really blow away the first two movies because we're going after, it's not a continuation on the first two movies. Okay. Right? Fat 2 was somewhat of a sequel, the longer form of yeah. Fat 1. Yeah. Um, this is a complete departure from talking about that, talking about something else that's going on in media, in health and fitness, is something that's going to affect everyone around the world. And um, it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, I've already shot all of my parts. Of course, I'm going to have to go do some pickups and all that mm -hmm. because other things are going to happen with the people I'm going to interview. So, you know, lo and behold, I have a whole different film coming out. Um, cool. I guess if you make three films, how many films do you have to make before you're a filmmaker? <laughs> 
uh, one in my book, but you know, hey. <laughs> 13 snits and grubel is my limit. Is that the line? Or is it 15 snits and grubel? Um, do you even know which movie I'm talking about? Oh, you lost me, man. Snits and grubel. That was um, Cleveland Little. Oh, no, Cleveland Little from uh, Blazing oh. Saddles. Oh, Blazing Saddles, of course. Dang, how did I miss that? Madeline Kahn yes. the next yes. morning. Yes. She's serving him German sausage. <laughs> Would you like another one? 13 Smiths and Google. I think it's 13. <laughs> I report there or 15. Yeah, great movie. We couldn't do it today. Excellent. Yeah. Do you have time for a couple questions before you run? <clears throat> sure. What do you got? Um. Let me see. A couple came in. I'm checking all the different uh, medias. And folks, if whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or other, feel free to throw one in the chat. Uh, Jody Ross, I think you know Jody. I do uh, know Jody. She's been on my show, and uh, um, I feel like she's family. She's yeah, she's been on the show. She's in the Facebook group and that kind of thing. Yeah, she's super cool. She reached out. She said, uh, you mentioned earlier you had a hard time growing up. She says, what would you tell a young person who is being bullied, um, as was your experience in the early years? You know, um, bullying comes under such a different heading nowadays. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I really don't have a good answer for this. When I was growing up, you got bullied on the playground, so you could take physical action right there. Yeah. And you can, you can diffuse the situation that way. Um, today, the bullying, my understanding is it happens on the Internet. Yeah. And, you know, I think, man, if a kid is getting bullied, on the, especially on the Internet, tell someone right away. Yeah. Just tell someone right away because, you know, these kids end up killing themselves or hurting themselves or something else. Look, yeah. I'm a grown-ass man, as they like to say, and uh, nothing really gets to me, but you know, people that tell me that night when I go onto my Twitter, it's like, well, let's see who's hating me tonight. Yeah. You know, and, um, and you know, it's just, I'm like a duck. It's water off my back. Yeah. Right. But sometimes they'll say something and it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, no, you got me. You know? and, yeah. Yeah. And, and when you're a kid, I can see if you're a kid, that would bother, you know, that would really, and, you know, I, I see how these kids end up hurting themselves or trying to kill themselves or whatever. If you're a kid and or if you're a parent of a kid, if the kid's being bullied, don't wait. Just go go nip it in the bud. Oh, that was a good question. Who's that yeah. from? Jody. Uh, that was Jody. from Jody Ross. Thank you, Jody. Yeah. Yeah. That was from Jody Ross. I you know, I couldn't agree more. And I joined Twitter and, and you know, Instagram to to do this stuff, but I think Twitter is probably the worst as far as just negativity and spewing hatred and you know, I hate you because you eat vegetables and, and just nonsense sometimes, you know, I mean, it's, it's craziness. And then these are adults and, and, you know, you can't imagine what these, these kids who just don't have, you know, that they don't have that, that part of their brains fully formed yet, you know, the, the prefrontal cortex and, um, yeah, it's rough. I mean, I was, uh, and as a matter of fact, I was just listening today to a podcast with uh, Tom Billu. Do you know? Do you know uh, that guy? He's no, um, who is he? He's a, he's a um, he's big into learning and mindset and success and and motivational speaker and, and this kind of guy. Um, 
but he talked about um, not identifying with, uh, not identifying too deeply with these these sort of things with like I am a vegan or I am a carnivore or I am a this or that, but identify yourself as a person who wants to learn at every opportunity. And that way, when someone comes at you, and because they're going to, like you said, they're going to come at you with the weakness that they have sussed out, you know, this is, this is what bullies do. Um, but if you can, if, but if you can use that learning mindset and say, okay, what is this teaching me about myself? Why am I responding this way? You know, um, and turn it around a little bit that way. Um, that may be a way to not internalize it so much. And I thought that was, that was an interesting point. Yeah, you know, it, it's always confused me as to why. Well, I, no, I guess I, I I can't be that confused by it. Um, you know, once I became this kind of jock and, this, you know, I went from nerd. You know, it's funny. I was still a nerd in my head, mm-hmm. except my body didn't look like a nerd, you know, at all. Yes. I wasn't the skinny, lanky kid anymore. I was all muscled up. And, um, and then I became good at football. And everyone was looking at me a different way. And then they almost think when I got to college, they don't expect football players to go to class. And I was showing up at class. And not only showing up, I made the dean's list seven out of eight semesters as an undergrad and and that sort of deal. Nice. Um, And it was confusing to people because, you know, know, everybody wants to identify as something. And some of us don't want to be identified as something. We want to be who we are. Yeah. Right? I, I never want, you know, even though my neck was wider than my, my head back then, I didn't want to be identified as that guy. Yeah. But you can't be on the field. And, you know, so there's that kind of weird back and forth, Dave, where, you know, we identify, you know, we get, if we don't identify ourselves, other people will. That's so true. And, yep. you know, yeah. And at 58, I'm still kind of that nerdy kid, you know, just, and the internet makes it great for a guy like me because, you know, I don't play games on the internet and I don't spend time, you know, goofing around or whatever. But I will Google stuff to get information. Yeah. And I mean crazy information. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And that's what it is. You know, that just never stop learning. That's my, that's my thing. You know, um, yeah. I got one other question. This is from uh, Leona Tripp Yeager. I think it's Jaeger, right? Um, I know her too. She's been on my podcast. She's been on the podcast too. Yeah. 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 She's great. She's great. Yeah. Um, She's been wondering about sarcopenia, um, the natural atrophy that happens with aging and how best to combat it. Uh, She says heavier, more frequent workouts, up the protein. Um, Can things like bioidentical HRT help slow it down? I don't know what that is, but maybe you do. Um, I do. So, anyway, uh, uh, sarcopenia, if you want to riff on that, if you would. Yeah. Um, uh, um, um, who said that question? Leona. Um, that was Leona, yeah. I'm not a fan of any of the bioidenticals. That's not going to do much for you. Uh, unfortunately, taking synthetic hormones will do a lot for you, but, you know, there's always a trade-off. I would not suggest anyone take those. Okay. Um, I'm I'm not a fan. Look, I'm 58. I've never taken a steroid in my life, and I have low testosterone. Um, uh, sarcopenia is part of aging. Now, there's a way to reverse it. 
and it, you mentioned it in your question, Leona, it's uh, weightlifting. It's the only way to reverse it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a thing the other day where one of these guys was, hey, take HMB along with vitamin D, and that'll reverse it. That's shown some um, very, very preliminary blah, 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 on older people. Uh, if you're trained up already, it won't do anything. Don't waste your money on HMB. Okay. You know, you know all of this stuff. I see it coming and going every day. If it worked, as I as I tell everyone, if it worked, the Olympic Committee would ban it. Mm. You know, anything that's going to cause any kind of so. Whenever you see HRT, bioidenticals, when you, I think that's banned by the Olympic Committee. If you see any of that stuff. If it's not banned by colleges and and the Olympics and WADA, mm-hmm. you know, that means it's not doing anything. <laughs> You're better <laughs> off chewing bubble gum. Now, here, here's, uh, let me answer your question more directly, um, Leona. Um, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Now, you said, would heavier weights work better than lighter weights? Yes. Okay. They will. Here's the problem. If I remember right, Leona, I don't want to age you, but I think you're close to my age. You don't look it. You don't look anything like me, but I think she's somewhere around my age because we talked about music or something. We had the same music right, in our okay. head. I kind of um, remember that from the show, yeah. That's how I'll get the ladies to like me. <laughs> talk about music. Anyway, you play some Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I play something from Simon Garfunkel, and they all just go, "Wow." <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, the problem with going heavy is, you know, you can you can whack your joints out really fast. You can cause, uh, you know, a lot of um, uh, arthritis and you know and this kind of thing, osteoarthritis. So I tell everyone, start light and do high reps. Mm-hmm. So, and do them slowly. You want to do slow, high reps. Um, you might see that bar behind me is kind of low in the rack there. Yeah. I always start with that when I'm doing curls. Just the bar. Just the bar. And I'll do 20, 25, or 30 reps very slowly, you know, just to get the synovial fluid in my shoulders to buy in and my elbows to buy in. Mm-hmm. I want everything to buy in. I want more. I want blood flow to happen. And instead of going to a heavy weight after that, I'll end up putting on, you know, maybe a five on each side. And I'll do another. And then after I do two or three sets of that, I might do one or two heavy sets to where when I get to eight or nine, I'm hurting. Um, But, Leona, at our age, uh, you shouldn't be doing four and five reps. Um, My friend, Dr. Drew, still likes to go heavy. Um, And I've been with Drew a lot of times where he's like, he's like shifting around in his chair and he's. He's doing this, and I'm like, Drew, you're fidgeting like a girl. And, and he's like, oh, I hurt my back, you know, squatting the other. It's like, uh, stop squatting so heavily. You know, go light. Yeah. You know, Drew is older than me. He's, he's in his 60s now. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So, okay. I, oh, she also asked about protein. Uh, do our protein <laughs> needs increase as we age? Um, yeah, they do. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to take in gobs and gobs of protein. You know, if you're eating eggs, whole eggs, if you're eating red meat and fish and supplementing with some dairy, my dairy includes cheese. Some people can't have cheese. Right. Um, 
but yeah, you're getting enough protein by doing that. And most of what I just mentioned um, is a complete protein. Well, the eggs are pretty close to a complete protein. The yeah. meat is going to give you stuff. As a matter of fact, the, the protein in meat plus you get creatine and all that. And you get creatine, I think, in eggs. I would have to check that. Don't quote me on that. But you get everything you need to be big and strong and healthy. So you don't need to supplement with anything. And if you will supplement, find one that's plain and make sure it's like a whey protein because you'll get the um, branch chain amino acids and the essential amino acids. It's an expensive way to try to get protein, in my opinion. You're better off just eating real food. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do you have have time for two more? Yes, I do. Got two more questions. One's from Powie asks, how do I stop sugar craving after a workout? Uh, Can we ask Powie a question back before I answer that? Yeah, Um, she's my sister-in-law, so I might know the answer. Oh, um, well, good. Um, I was going to say, first, is Powie a man or a woman? Because I can't tell. Uh, Uh, Powie... um, um, my first question, Dave, to Powery is, um, I'm losing track now. Um, Sugar cravings after a workout. Yeah, yeah. Is she is she still not completely low carb or NSNG or is she? she still... She's not. I don't think she's low carb, and I think she and I think her workouts um, from the ones she's posted online, which I'm always envious of. She does a lot of kettlebell work. Um, uh, you know, combination of, of things like kettlebell swings and jumpies and, and um, push-ups and things like that. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong on that, Powie. Just uh, write it up in the chat there. No, that's good enough. Um, I could go with that. Uh, Powie, here's the problem. As long as you're still eating, you know, moderate to high carbs, you're going to, you know, you can live on that. You can, you can do hard workouts on that forever. But what happens is when you're doing that workout, you're running through a lot of blood glycogen. Uh, what happens to people like Dave or me or Leona, Jody? I'm just looking down the list now. Um, <laughs> you know, we've been eating low carb for a long time, so our bodies are like a Prius. We can use a different energy source. We can use the uh, ketone body mm-hmm. uh, to break down to use as energy. But you see, since you're not there and your body's not used to living on, on ketones, what's happening is you're depleting some of your sugar and your brain is saying, feed me now. And it can manifest itself. Some people, I know guys after a long ride, they, they want a different carb. They want like a beer or a pizza. Like mm-hmm. they, they couldn't even fathom a donut or a candy bar. But, you know, you know something savory like the chips or pizza other people just want the sweets, right? Um, I remember at the end of a ride, I could have killed a pound cake, right? It, you know, back in those days when I was living on sugar. Um, but as soon as you get away from them, completely get away from them, you'll be fine. Did, did I answer that? Well, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think it's, you know, that thing about being a sugar burner, being a fat burner or what you call um, uh, metabolic flexibility, right? Yeah. Um, being able to burn, switch back and forth. Um, and finally, Kim from the group asked about uh, loose skin. I think she's lost some weight. Uh, she's got some loose skin. 
and uh, it's asking how to uh, tighten it up. Um, age matters. Sun damage matters a little bit. Um, but if you've lost a lot of weight really fast and you have that, I call it the sharp pay thing, um, most doctors will tell you it's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Um, we've learned with staying low carb where your body, and by the way, um, not only low carb, but if you have a lot of loose skin, if you eat higher fat, it's going to cause your body to use some of that protein from your skin. It's going to catabolize that skin, right? Um, people have also noticed great results in, in fasting. I'm not a big fan of fasting. There is a time and a place for fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say I'm not a big fan, it doesn't mean that I don't believe in it. It works like a charm. Um, but fasting, and you don't even have to do long fast. You could just do a stop eating at maybe 7 in the evening and don't eat again until, you know, 9 in the morning. You got a 14-hour fast there. Yeah. That will help you move along a lot quicker. Uh, don't expect it to happen overnight. If you've lost this weight, congratulations. Now it might take you the better part of a year and a half or two years. But, you know, depending on your age and, and how much weight you lost, you could be bikini ready in a couple of years. I, I've seen it. I've seen it over and over. I see it on the Facebook page every day. Awesome. And Kim actually just wrote in. She's, she clarified that she's 62 and she's lost 50 pounds so far. Congratulations. Yeah, I just, I just saw that in the notes. Uh, yeah. Uh, good uh, Kim, that's the most important part. Uh, it, look, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tighten up. It's just going to take time. And losing 50, how tall are you, Kim? Kim, right back one more time. How, how tall are you? See what she has to say. Yeah, it's, it, I, I, love, I love all of this, Dave. I love the, you know, I was it's rushing. It's cool, back. isn't it? We get to interact. Yeah, it, it is. Because Anna and I, you know, we, you know, the reason I'm building the studio so we can start doing this, and I'm just not there yet. And I love that you can communicate with these people like this, right? I was rushing to get back from Richmond. I was up in Richmond today, and I was like, I got to get back. I'm I'm like driving like a crazy man, and I didn't even have time to put water in my dog's bowl down here. And uh, (laughs) and now I'm enjoying the hell out of myself. Making you on time. Sorry about that, man. Okay, Uh, Kim is 5'6", and uh, she's lost 50 pounds. Kim, I can't imagine... There's a ton of loose skin. You're not like those people who lose 150 and 200 pounds. Give it a year. Give it a year. You'll be shocked at what you're going to look like. Don't go get any crazy cosmetic surgery. Give yourself a year. And by the way, you might be happy with those results, but give yourself a second year or another six months, and you'll be right where you want to be. Is that by the way? Is that somewhere that uh, collagen would work? I know I hear all kinds of good things about collagen. Sometimes I don't know what to believe or not. But Collagen, um, I, I take a lot of collagen in the form of, um, well, I, I take a lot of uh, bone broth, but mm-hmm. most of my collagen is Knox gelatin. Folks, you do not have to buy collagen peptides. Hmm. Um, you're, not, you're not getting anything extra for that. Um, so just taking regular Knox gelatin, I mix it in water sometimes twice a day. Um, and look at my beautiful complexion. You know, people just ask me all the time, but it, it's not so just it's, good for your skin and your nails and, uh, your hair and all that crap It's good for your connective tissue and your bone. So, um, mm-hmm. it, it's good just to have collagen peptides in you. 
Now, whether that's going to be some kind of miracle in your skin, you know, yeah, yeah, I can't get an answer. I mean, there's no study, there's no nothing. It's just good maintenance type stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah, Kim wants to lose another fifty. You got this, Kim. You can do it. I know you can. That's awesome. Great work, Kim. Keep it up. Um, well, thank you so much. We're over the hour. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us, Vinny. Really appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, Anna. You know, Anna told me she had a great time doing this, and I was like, "Yeah, Dave's a great guy." Oh, and, good. Uh, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping most most people like mine more than Anna's because, come on. Well, she that, she right? did cook. She did cook live on the. Oh, yeah. I should have thought of cooking. I, I could have made some pop tarts. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on one second. I, I want to say goodbye to you off the air. Uh, right, but man. thanks so much for being here, Vin. Hey, right, folks, thanks, that is Vinny Tortorich, VinnyTortorich.com. See everything that he's got going over there. So there he is, folks, the great Vinny Tortorich. I always love talking to that guy. Such an interesting dude. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, like, share, do all the things. And uh, for more fun stuff about health, low-carb and ketogenic lifestyles, and the latest science made accessible, please check out my blog on unremarkablebrain.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>